Welcome to this edition of the Modern Times Podcast. John Guzan back with you and Karen Weil also. Hi, Karen. Hello, and hello to all our listeners. And happy holidays, Karen. Or should we say happy. Merry Christmas? Oh, is that still uh, too PC to say? <laughs> I say sarcastically. And <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to our listeners. Happy Hanukkah. A happy EID. A good Kwanzaa. Um, and whatever uh, winter uh, bacchanal or Saturnalia or whatever people may be celebrating. <laughs> whatever this suits year, your holiday it's been a rough feeling. Year, but here we are in the holidays. And even Festivus, if there's any people out there doing the Festivus thing. The Festivus for the rest <laughs> of us? Yes. It's, it's, it's definitely a month. You know, not only another year is ending, uh, but, but one where the biggest holiday of the year or holidays. Uh, so many important religious events are occurring. Um, that uh, everybody takes something different from it, depending on their culture and their faith and, and background. So, and today we're going to December fascinates me. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, how yeah. it's 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 always in, it's, at least for us Americans, it's kind of embedded in our childhood and memories. Oh, I think. absolutely. Oh, um, and you know, and I think it's and, and as we can get into as we go along, um, maybe we'll find out that it's ha- kind of happened over history and even before Christmas. But um, we're going to turn this into our five points podcast, one of our five points podcasts. And it's going to be five points on Christmas slash the holidays, I guess. Um, and our five points are, why does the vast majority of the world celebrate around the end of December? Um, is there right. anything to this Santa Claus guy anyway? That's number two. Number three is, how do we spend every year? How much do we spend every year on presents and gifts? Uh, number four is, how much is given to charity every year during the holidays? And number five, we're going to query or make a point that Dickens' A Christmas Carol is more important today than ever before. So, Karen, let's jump into the first point. The vast majority of the world celebrates around the end of December. Why? Well, I know, you know, there are various uh, reasons for that. And I think there's been a lot of research done on it. And, of course, some would say the, and I, I hate to use that lazy phrasing, Right. But that Christmas itself is a much older holiday or, or, or sort of noted time period that, that is more, I mean, to, of course, to Christians, obviously, it's the birth of Jesus, but certainly the roots, there are deeper roots there uh, in, in terms of being, a, you know, a Roman scholar who named Valentinius, Tinus, excuse me, who, you know, produced documentation of Christmas being celebrated on December 25th as a special feast in the year 354. Right, um, right. There was also the Greek saint, uh, Saint Nicholas, who lived in what's known as Turkey, also known for delivering presents to children oh, on that yeah. day. Um, so we're talking a millennia, several millennia ago, really, uh, predating the birth of Christ. Sure. Um and it, you know, I mean, and I, you know, I, of course, we've all grown up knowing those of us who they grew up in a, a Christian faith, faith, whichever one it may have been, that you know, Jesus being born in a manger, you know, three wise men, Mary and Joseph, <laughs> and of course, all the incredibly significant things that occurred after that. And don't forget the talking um, sheep is, and cows. Pardon? And I said, and don't forget the talking sheep and cows. Yes, the talking sheep and cows. So, I mean, <laughs> this is the religious aspect of it. I think, you know, for me growing up, that really was quite separate from the whole commercial aspect. I, I remember being six years old and, and not really believing Santa Claus existed. I knew when there were presents under my tree, I know my mother put them there. 
<laughs> but, you know, I, I, I was that cynical at that age. You know, it would have been nice to believe Santa existed. But, hell, I lived, grew up in Vegas. We didn't even have a chimney. So about, how is Santa getting into our house? You know, I want a refund. There is no Santa. But, I, again, you know, not being the, the, the commercial aspect and, of course, the religious aspect. But I, I think if a lot of people do any research, they find there's just a, pre, a whole pre-Christian pagan belief about December 25th. Right. Of course, also known as winter solstice. And many people will say, well, well it's the first day of winter, not the 25th. Sure, sure. Happy winter solstice. So, I, I, I mean, the roots of this are just go back a long way. Right. It, a lot, you know, and it certainly it ties into the Christian uh, origins or or. Of, yeah, and there can be no doubt. Yeah, and there and you know there can be no doubting that uh, uh, pre-industrialized or or pre-civilized people were still looking at the stars, still were kind of counting the time that it was dark at night, and it's always been that kind of time where it's the, you know the darkest period. I think um, it's the uh, the Saturnalia. Um, yes, you know so the, and that was you know where I, where, where people danced in the street. Um, you know, right. and, uh, you know, sometimes naked, um, I hate to, you know, say it, um, for some, <laughs> yeah, well, we won't get into the phallic festivals and the Dionysian festivals, but, um, and, and there was also, um, so that was really when the sun would come, you know, back out or, you know, the, the sun God would reappear. Um, and, and right. then also, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Mithra. Uh, the sun god of the ancient Persians, Um, that was also December 25th. So, you know, things that can be encapsulated into what this holiday ended up becoming. And as, you know, some of these uh, other researchers have also found out that it's very likely that Jesus of Nazareth was not born December 25th. It was either in the spring or in autumn, but definitely not in December. And, you know, and it's kind of known, I think, right? I mean, wouldn't you think that most people kind of get now that it's symbolic, more symbolic than anything else? Uh, I, I, I totally agree. And, and I, look, I think to every person this holiday can mean something different and important and meaningful in, in however they wish to express it. I, I've heard, you know, for some people, Christmas is very much a religious event. It is not about all the commercialism. I've heard people say which kind of, I, I was once taken aback by somebody saying this, oh, it's just about the presence. And I thought, well, it is, but it's also about something far deeper than that. It should be something far deeper than that. And when we look at how this holiday has evolved over, again, human history, be it from ancient Persia or or uh, Rome or or in other times uh-huh. to when Christ was born and, and his impact on the world, um, it's a fascinating history. It, yeah. it really is. And and, and and going even further, I mean, uh, then there's uh, the Aztecs um, that had... Um, That's I, right. Um, they had a... Uh, what, what was that exactly here? I have to try to find it here. Um, but I think... It, yeah. I, I think it was they would sacrifice children in worship of their son yeah, God. That's um, not so nice aspect yet of that <laughs> society. Huh? Not, uh, not the most pleasant thing. And, and no, there was but, even a, you know, the Nordic God... The Nordic god Balder, um, um, you know, they they held festivi- festivities for him during that same period of time. Um, so, you know, it's there. But even they, you know, the Saturnalia to a certain extent is 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 the one time that kind of gives to some sort of idea of charity, wouldn't you think? Where 
Um, you know, there was there was a public banquet, um, private gift getting, giving um, times where supposedly they say that the, the the masters would be slaves for the slaves during that week time or something like that. I mean, obviously, we don't know how extended that was or, or to what levels they went to, because I could obviously some, see some masters that wouldn't, you know, agree with that part. Um, but it obviously happened at some point. Um, so there is also some tie beyond beyond just these 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 pagan holidays to um, you know I think giving gifts or 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 looking at you know the different layers of society and what we really need to do in order to to to, to you know find some justness I think in this world I don't know right. any, any feeling on that part yeah. of it besides sacrificing well, I, children again, to the sun I, god I both had mixed feelings having grown up I I was raised a Methodist. Um, certainly we would, you know, go to a religious Christmas event, um, uh, and late night mass. I actually enjoyed doing that a, a lot in the Methodist church, the midnight one they would do. Uh, and I, I tried as I've gotten older, I just, and I, I certainly enjoy giving people gifts. I confess I enjoy receiving them. Um, but I, I, I have been somebody for a long time. Just, I have just found the commercialization of Christmas to start far too early, and just to be too much. To me, it's a turnoff. And I, I, I think, again, and everybody has their own personal religious beliefs, sure, but sure. I, I think for people, it's just good to remind some that this holiday should be about something deeper than just, you know, running to Walmart and not knocking running to Walmart but, and just, you know, breaking the credit card. That's okay. Um, they're not sponsoring it, this it podcast. So we can, yeah, they're not right. spon- you know, Walmart and Walmart's not sponsoring our podcast, so. Exactly. Go ahead and give it to him. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's move on to uh, our the second of our five points. Is there anything to this Santa Claus guy anyway? <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this strange man that comes down my chimney? Uh, Father Christmas, Saint Nicholas. <laughs> I missed that one. What was that? Well, when I was six, I thought he didn't exist. I thought we don't have a damn chimney. Where is he going to get in? <laughs> and then you My saw the Santa Claus. With, and then you saw the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, and went, "Oh, that's right, exactly. magic, magic." <laughs> that's how he does it. Now, um, you know, you kind of mentioned Saint Nicholas earlier, um, and there's an obvious progression. It seems like it's a, you know, I mean, some people say it's three guys of, uh, you know, Father Christmas, uh, Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus, whatever. Um, it seems like, you know, when you go back and look at what researchers have found, um, it kind of all started with the uh, Saint Nicholas from Turkey, who used to leave yeah. um, money in people's stockings, and then it's it's kind of gone here and there, and whether you know who's who's um, influence is being sold at what at what time, um, all kind of cool at least to start with, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, again, this is this is a, a, a figure that has roots dating back thousands of years, as you said, from Turkey, ancient Greece, and then we move into Europe, uh, where you have Sinterklaas, the Dutch version, which on December 5th or 6th, I forget when this is, uh, I've been in the Netherlands many times, but I haven't had a chance to see that, when Santa arrives in Amsterdam, bearing gifts. Um, that's a huge deal for the Dutch. Um and you had, you know, your your German version. Of course, as we know, a lot of Christmas traditions actually come from Germany, including the Christmas tree, the Tannenbaum. Right. Um, and and so it's it's just I think the Americanized of, of what we have, which nothing wrong with that, perfectly fine. 
But it's again, this is like the story of, of Christmas itself in that day. When you look at one of the main secular figures of it, well, although he really wasn't secular at one time, he was religious. A saint. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So and, and supposedly was the yeah. uh, a, a bishop in the fourth century in the Lycian port of Myra. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. You know, and, and and part of this story um, that I'm getting from um, you know some some uh, amateur historian here, but it, uh, it says it tells how Saint Nicholas heard of a man who could not afford the dowries for his three daughters, with the result that he intended regretfully to send them to the brothel. St. Nicholas saves them by throwing three bags of gold through their window at night. And, you know, hey, if you can't have Santa save your daughters from the brothel, what good is he? Yeah, again, that is something I really knew nothing about, seriously. So that is, that is, uh, there's there's just something so incredible to it and seedy. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, it was a different time, right? I guess, uh... Uh, Absolutely, and, and, and I, I think, uh, you know, again, just the concept of how human relationships have evolved over time in Memoria, and, you know, how people are supposed to treat people, and that's that story of, of uh, St. Nick makes sense. And, of course, another thing I want to mention, as you know, I said about Northern Europe, but also in Russia, they call Santa Claus Grandfather Frost. Right, and, and there, right. There are many different Russian traditions associated with it. We, you know, we think forever. I mean, Russia has always been a religious country, even when it was the Soviet Union. You still had that incredible Orthodox influence, but and now, of course, now that it's not communist anymore, and and you know, people can worship openly. I, I think it's just you know, you see more images of Russians celebrating Christmas, but they do it obviously in a Russian way. Yeah, it seems course, like you know. Can, I mean, you know, we talk about the development of of, uh, of 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 Christmas in our first point, and you know, and how it kind of developed almost independently for different reasons. But then the same sort of thing seems to have happened with an old jolly guy that's probably a little rotund who has a big white beard, <laughs> and you know, almost everywhere where where it's cold, that was the tradition. Um, right. Um, and so whether, you know, what they named him was different. I mean, you know, there's the, you know, the Russian version of Father Frost, right? Um, I think that's right. right. Grandfather Frost, yeah. And then there's, and then there's you know, the, the English Father Christmas. Then there's, you know, there's others. And then, of course, the what came to our Santa Claus, which was, as you mentioned, the Sinterklaas, who, you know, then us Americans who can't um, say things like that. We sound too German. Um, so, we, <laughs> so we just make it Santa Claus. Um, and, and and there we go. Uh, but then, as we were talking about, it stays basically the same thing. It's gift giving. It's it's being nice to your fellow guy. It's 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 looking at your kids. And then all of a sudden, the nineteen fifties and commercialism arrives, and Santa Claus becomes a raging capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, he becomes this incredibly commercialized figure that we see advertising so much. Uh, in the world, or in America, North America mostly. Um, I mean, I was looking at reading a Bloomberg article recently, and it's from a few years ago. Um, but so, for example, in 1800, you know, Americans recognized the holiday, but it was you know, somewhat scattered in terms of there was a church service and, and uh, you know, some feasting and partying, but it was a much more private sort of affair uh, than in what it has become. Um 
but I was listening to Marketplace on uh, on my public radio station, and it, this reporter basically said the the real kind of commercial Santa Claus as we know him today sort of materialized in the fifties when you had the post war boom, and and you know millions of Americans had much more a lot more money than they did before. They could buy things. How do you sell it to them? You use a beloved figure that. You know, while what was important had not yet become kind of synonymous with American tradition. So that's really when it started rubbing up. And, you know, we see ads with Coca-Cola ads with Santa. Everything was Santa. And, and I think it just follows America's own, you know, booming economy and and that trend towards commercializing everything. And, you know, there may even be a tie. Some historians are saying there may be a tie between Santa Claus and Thor. Um, so, right. you know, um, so, you know, put, um, uh, what is it, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, who's playing Thor in these movies? Just imagine him in a, in a, in a, <laughs> in a red suit and a white beard. <laughs> no, um, um, you know, and, you I know, know, that might be too much. <laughs> You know, and the, I think the one in, interesting thing, and in when you read, um, uh, you know, the night before Christmas, or all of a lot of the a lot of the early um, uh, things that were written about him have have to do with smoke or him smoking his pipe, which don't necessarily work today. Um, so uh, I think I think I think it's very interesting how the evolution of Santa Claus came. And the last little thing I want to throw on this before we go to our our third point out of our five points and, the, and maybe you know once it get a little bit more serious is um maybe you know instead of on dasher on prancer you know it'd be on visa on mastercard on american express <laughs> 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 on bitcoin, <laughs> on, bitcoin. I, I mean, I, on paypal yeah I, I again i i something i want to mention earlier i, I just annoys the heck out of me in late September to go into a department store or early October to late October. And there it's all decked out with Christmas. I think it's not even Halloween. Can you right. just give us a break? <laughs> uh, it, it just, and I'm, I'm not the only one who does this, but again, this is what most department stores. And of course now who are competing, you know, with something called the internet and Amazon, if no one's heard of that, I'm being very, Amazon. you know, so they've got to, you know, that's where they make all their money. You know, it, it's, They've got to push it as much as possible. If I had a department store, I'd be doing the same thing. But of course, just as a consumer who finds a lot of it very grating anyway, now that's just that love hate relationship. Well, 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 Karen. You know, another great segue into our next topic. Um, however, right. I, I I do want to bring up one other thing. So I don't know if we'll be able to hit this before that that uh, Kwanzaa is an American creation in from yes, 1966. Yes, so. Yes. Um, you know, it's not like we're giving it short shrift, I don't think, but it's, it's kind of, you know, it's real easy to kind of trace the origins of, of Kwanzaa and, you know, well, well, well played too. I think it was necessary, but, um, I just don't want anybody to think that we're ignoring it. Um, so anyway. It's obviously a very, it's an important holiday, uh, mostly for African Americans and it has some very interesting backstories to it. And, uh, and the I, same I know with, people who indeed do celebrate it. And, and the same with Hanukkah. Event. And, 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 you know, there's others. So, you know, I mean. Oh, absolutely. That's a major second. I think obviously second major after Christmas is Hanukkah as for millions of Jewish uh, Americans. And, um, but again, very, a know. lot more simple to understand, I think. You know, I mean, Hanukkah's got a right. solid tradition behind mm-hmm. it. You kind of know the story. You know what's going on. It's not these things that kind of evolve over time, at least uh, 
it's you know Hanukkah stayed pretty uh, uh, loyal to I think the tradition that it comes from. So, um, but that's another reason why people are celebrating around these times. Um, I think Kwanzaa is a little bit more relatable to Christmas just because it's around the same holiday time. Um, where Hanukkah right. is a little, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beast all its own. I think, uh, one of the only ancient rituals still perpetuated and probably done at the right time of the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what, that's the, you know, the, the leader and the standard in a sense, in terms of religious holidays. Okay. So then let's go back to, if I could jump still, I think your segue is still floating in the air somewhere. So I'm going to jump on it again about, um, yeah. spending. Um, how much do we spend every year on presents and gifts? And from the research we have done, and I think it is from, let's see if we can actually quote a source here. Um, it is from, oh no, God, it's not even going to be there. But I'll, I am going to look at it because I know it's there. But it says holiday retail sales in the United States are about $655.87 billion. At least that's you know around 2015. Um, wow. A lot of gift giving. And supposedly that is 20% of retail sales for the entire year. I think it's three, it says here 3.19 trillion for the year, um, 655 billion in the holiday retail sales alone, which if you figure that out, it's, it's about 20%, <clears throat> excuse me, and, you know, anywhere between 20 and 30%. I guess that's a little bit less than that. Um, but that's what they say. It's about it's about twenty percent, twenty four percent of the retail sales um, are done during the holiday season. So that's probably about twice or three times what's done in a typical month. Um, yeah. What does that say about us? Do you think? Well, um, I, I, you know, newsflash: this is a very uh, <laughs> consumerist and materialistic society. Does Karen, that I'm shocked. Bad? I am shocked. I say no, but I. <laughs> Look, people enjoy buying things. They enjoy giving gifts to others. I, I think for most people, really, it is about giving to others. Um, going, you know, that may come with going into debt quite a bit. Um, but, you know, there's, it's just that balance that, that I think a lot of people try to keep in terms of remembering what this time of year should be about versus the pressure, frankly, especially if one has children or uh, you know, and who love toys or other things to the kind of the pressure to deliver. And, you know, that's why you hear about people joking every, you know, holiday about, uh, you know, bemoaning their credit card statements and whatnot. It's, it's a time of excess in many respects. Yeah. A lot spent. I mean, uh, I think it's what we've talked about this whole time. I think we've been kind of jumping around it. Um, where it is a big season for us to go out and buy things. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's not a good thing. I think also the average spending, I think, is um, supposedly uh, between seven and $800, I think. And that's the average Christmas, ex- Christmas expenditure on gifts. Um, you know, that's, the, you know that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, $752 by everyone that could spend... Um, but at the same time, um, you know, we all have big friends and family. We're closer than ever before. We live in a, a, a consumeristic society. So what else would we expect? Uh, what, what, what about that perspective? Um, I'm sorry. I'm not sure I totally understood the, the, the question. I, sorry. No, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, we live in the, we live in this, in this society where we're basically consumers anyway. And now's the time right. to really kind of, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way we show our appreciation for, 
for these large families that we have and we're more connected than ever. So, you know, everybody on Facebook, right. you got to buy somebody a gift. So maybe you're buying them for 20 gifts where, you know, a hundred years ago when you're, you're, you're living in a small town and you have those people just right around you, you're, you know, you're kind of spending time together and you're, you know, maybe given smaller amount of gifts because it's not such a consumer society. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I tend to be in my own personal life. I tell people no gifts for me. And I tend to be fairly conservative when buying for others. Um, I you know, find out exactly what does somebody want. Usually that involves a gift card, which is hardly the most, shall we say, inventive or creative thing. But I figure <laughs> if somebody's getting what he or she really wants, they can go and buy that and everybody's happy. Um I I just think again for some families too, and, and for example, mine with some of my cousins, we just we have maybe a rule where no gifts for the adults, bring something for the the younger set. Right. Um, or you know, usually if I've gone to visit somebody, usually I come with their something because to me, you don't go to someone's home without bringing a nice bottle of wine or something that they would enjoy or use, just out of uh, common courtesy. Um, <clears throat> I think we've seen excuse me, just the trend of people really wanting to minimize it as much as possible. And and that's not a, a bad thing. I mean, I, I think Americans are always going to spend a heck of a lot of money during this time of year. Um, but I, maybe the priorities in terms of how it's spent are, are changing. We certainly saw that when the recession hit eight years ago. Excuse me. Oh, you hey, it's the holiday season, yeah. Karen. So, of yeah. course, I will excuse. No, <laughs> Usually, I'm on you. <laughs> no more coal, uh, Mr. Cratchit. Um, no more coal for me. <laughs> um, but I, I just, again, I just think people, myself personally, I just try to make this holiday about something and without sounding too pretentious or self-righteous, uh, but just try to keep in mind what it's really supposed to be about. And it, it could be even more about just a religious faith. It's just about trying to get you know, just more open-hearted to others, more understanding, and more giving um, to a certain charity. Um, and just, uh, you know, keeping in mind what really matters in life. Um, and not always an easy thing to do in the world we're living in, for sure, but... Sure, and just to jump through, because again, you are awesome with, your, with, with uh, you know, giving us these great transitions. National Retail Federations, where most of those statistics we were talking about earlier can be found. Yeah, yeah. Um, a very good source. And, but we're going to talk about, yes, there's a lot of gifts and presents given, but it's also the same time of the year that there is most of the charitable giving. It's basically the right. same percentage, you know, give or take a little bit. Um, but people are all, and, and, and not even corporations. Uh, some of the information we pulled up that um, $354 billion are given to charities um, every year. Um, and that's by everybody. And $264 billion of that are from individuals. So you, me, the rich guy down the street. Um, and then during the holidays alone, that's $50 billion. Um, so. Right. You know, I mean, again, everybody can say, okay, it's also a tax write-off these days, and um, we can understand that. And it's the people are doing it at the end of the year because they finally they realize they have some. Um, but it's a little bit more than that, wouldn't you think? I, again, I 
And you mean in terms of the number? You think that's a higher dollar figure, or? Well, I mean, we, I mean, we all know that there's. I mean, I've heard it from people for as long as I can remember, and I'm sure that you have too. Um, hey, it's the end of the year. If you haven't given, um, you know, now's the time to kind of get it off your tax bill. But well, I don't I think that's why there's well, so much. I, I don't see anything wrong with that as an incentive. Um, it's not as if you know my husband and I donate a certain amount of charity. Uh, does that mean Uncle Sam sends us a big present the next year? No. And, and that's fine. We do it because we believe in these certain causes. And I mean, I think that describes most people. But yes, it is good to think, hey, I'm, I'm in terms of doing my taxes, I have done something extra to give back to the community, the society in which I live. Uh, doesn't mean I get a medal. It just means that the federal government recognizes that and says, hey, we're going to give you a little break on your taxes or, you know, you might even get a bigger return or refund. Um, it just depends, obviously, on the person's tax situation. I mean, I think for most people, the intentions are, are good and meaningful. The idea, if it benefits them with the bill to Uncle Sam, fine. That's just a little cherry on top. But I think, again, I think most people, it's coming from somewhere different. And that's a good place. Yeah, and, you know, I, so I, I think it's there. I mean, we can talk about um, that uh, $650 billion spent um over the holidays, but then, you know, there's still 50, right. But then there's 50 billion that is still going straight to folks that maybe no one ever sees during the same period of time. Well, that's that's why you see so many Salvation Army ads, those letters in the mail from them or from whatever your local, uh, for where I live in Southern California, it's Father Joe's, which is a huge and important organization in helping those on the streets or dealing with, uh, you know, substance abuse issues or transition to, you know, trying to get them back on their feet into a more stable life. Um, and for many people, that's how they get back, obviously. They're working, you know, the, the homeless shelter uh, Thanksgiving dinner or they're there at Christmas or they're delivering meals to those out on the streets or to seniors who are not able to get out or, or other people who have mobility issues or are going through some type of trauma. Uh, you know, there are so many ways. You know, every every person who's able to can can give back. It doesn't have to mean taking out your wallet and giving right. five hundred dollars. Obviously, it can mean spending your day wrapping presents to give to children in need, or collecting toys for kids, or or bikes, or you know, clothes for people in need. So, you know, maybe that's all part of the tally in terms of what I mean. Maybe I don't know if I've seen a statistic about how many in terms of how many man hours people are giving to those in need, especially around, around the holidays. Yeah. And if, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a nicer part of this year when you see humans reaching out to one another or animals to anybody or anything, you know, in need. Yeah. And you know, I, from what I know that those statistics we were, we were supplying were actual dollars only. And I, you know, that that's a great point you make, I think is that there's, there's even more than, than that being done. Um, just in time and, and not so much maybe on the personal end and the personal gifts and retail spending. Uh, I think people are more apt to maybe buy something, um, for a cousin, uh, than to go right. on a hike with them that costs them nothing. Um, so, um, you know, it, like you said, it's just a different kind of thing, but it obviously it's there. Um, and yeah. you know, it's, it's a good point I think to be made about holidays and when, you know, every, I think everyone goes through the, the, the consumerism battle at least once or twice over a holiday season. Um, you know, some maybe dozens of times, um, some maybe right. never, but I think it's, 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 it's around in most people. And, you know, 
I think people are a little bit more um, inclined, like you said, and and it really depends on how it translates for them. Um, and I, I, mean, I think it's almost beneficial, right, for this country, especially given this extraordinarily rough year. I think it's fair to say that it has been one for many different reasons um, that, you know, you, you hear these stories of people reaching out to those who are in need, and it, it just it gives you it gives you some hope for for this country and for for humankind in general, no matter what travails we may be facing in the near future. And that's just very important right now. Yeah, it, it does seem, and, and you know, we talked about this when we first discussed maybe a week or two ago, possibly doing a holiday Christmas-themed podcast. I think we, were, we, we kind of talked about, you know, this country especially, maybe even the world right now, really needs that Christmas spirit. You know, I, needs- I would not disagree. It certainly does. As we know, not to get into this, there was a terrible attack in Germany. Of course, we know what happened in Turkey this week. Um, a lot of disappointed Americans with the Electoral College vote, which nobody should be surprised by. But so, uh, you know, yes, a little good cheer right now, I think, would, would do many hearts good. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think uh, a lot of more people were disappointed that you know the electoral college didn't go rogue. Oh, absolutely, but the, uh, absolutely. It, it, it's and you know there is a lot of anxiety with Trump becoming president next year. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly not going to be a love fest. And I, I just think anything right now that can can keep people keep just give them yes the and the, the word is used so much, but give them some hope that. You know, people are better than what we may think. And even if sometimes our political leaders, sorry to say, are not. <laughs> but, uh, and, and yeah. you know, there's always the capacity for change. And again, you know, kind of going well, back is. now to our to the last of our five points and, and that was inspired by the political and the world situation, I think. And, and what yeah. the, you know, the one we are going to talk about is that uh, Dickens' A Christmas Carol is more important today than ever before, possibly. I agree. Uh, you, know, um, you know, I think a lot of people would like to see, you know, several folks in this country maybe have a uh, Ebenezer Scrooge evening um, <laughs> around the holidays. I can't, can't argue with you there. <laughs> I completely agree. It's one of the greatest novels ever written. Uh, it's why it's been made into so many different movies and stage productions. Uh, you know, from the most earnest uh, adaptations, of course, to Scrooge, the late 80s classic with Bill Murray. Uh, you know, it's a story that, that it just resonates around the world, even if one is not Christian. The message of it is you can change, you can be a better person, you can open your heart to others, no matter where who you may be or where you may come from. And that is why it's an, you know, an eternal you know, classic yeah, because I... of, of, of Dickens' message. Oh, yeah, and, you know... I kind of going back to whether people are paying taxes in order to give to charity. Um, you know, one of my things was, I was going to mention at that point was that, you know, prior to him meeting the three ghosts, he might've just, he might've actually donated to a charity or two, as long as he got a tax break on it. I think it, uh, <laughs> that's Scrooge. He was smart. <laughs> you know, he, he yeah. might've said, Oh, I only donate what I have to in order to get a tax break, but the rest to the workhouses. No. Um, so what we did is we talked about it before we came on and we we kind of both picked, you know, two quotes that we really liked from um, A Christmas Carol to kind of uh, identify wh- why maybe we think that it is um, even more 
important today or maybe just as important as it was um, in the uh, 19th century. So I'll start first. I'll do one and then we can kind of, you know, take our turns. How about that? Very good, sir. Uh, <laughs> actually, maybe you should go first. I think you start. No, Shall no, no. I read the first one? It's a great quote that you found. Here we go. Go ahead. He was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset. Yeah. And I a beautiful th- line. And, and I, yeah, I think that goes to the idea of, hey, you know, we have to change some things. And, and you know, and, and, and two, in a, in, a, in a weird aspect, I kind of thought that this one kind of said, um, you know, a lot of people laughed at Donald Trump, I think. Um, so it has to tell me that maybe there's some good. <laughs> but um, also, though, that I think that when we have to look at solutions, I think we have to be prepared to be laughed at, I think, um, for everything. Oh, and he's going to get his share, believe me, in the next few years. So, and, 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 you know, this, you know the, I think that quote to me always, it makes me wonder what he means at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset. And was that those pe- people creating it, that they had a happy song in their heart when they were doing it instead of being grumpy? Or was it that mm-hmm. outsiders can say, oh, you want to end hunger and want and need, and that's funny. Uh, and and so I was never you know, truly sure, but I think no matter what it is, I think the more laughter that happens in the field of politics and business as long as obviously we have to understand that it's not a stand-up act, but I think at the same time the you know the with the greater ease, I think that we can access those parts of our personality, maybe the better um, result that we get. I think um, my turn. I'm yeah. going to read you one, and then you can tell me Good why point. you picked it. You ready? Yes, sir. Um, which one do you want? The first one or second one first? The second one, I believe you were going to read. You want me to read the second one you picked? Hey, I'm just going to pick one. You ready? Oh, no. Read, read whichever one you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick one. Well, no, you picked one of mine. I thought that was a good way to do it. So, and okay, then, so pick one of mine then. Okay. I found two. <laughs> um, it is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men. If it goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world. Oh, woe is me. And witness that it cannot share, but might have shared on earth and turned to happiness. Jacob Marley. Yeah. Wow. You, you, you wrote that beautifully. <laughs> um, I, I, to me, I think that's a pretty, that one is quite simple to understand. It's, look, what are you doing or not, you know, in the life you're living now? And when you finally is your turn to leave this world, uh, can you look back and say, I tried to make the place where I live just a little better. I tried to reach out to others. I tried to help others. And that's just a lesson for us all. You know, what are you doing every day or once a month or whatever? What are you doing to help your community be a little better place? Yeah. So, so that's, uh, a, that's a very powerful passage in the uh, book, I think. Oh, I, I think so too. And, and, I know that, you know, obviously poetic uh, justice here, um, because I know that you don't necessarily believe in ghosts, I don't think. Um, uh, not really. haven't seen any yet. <laughs> well, Christmas is coming. Okay, um, you want to read my second choice there? Absolutely, my good sir. <laughs> Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. 
Oh yeah. Um, that's from the the obviously Charles Dickens wrote that. I that one to me is is interesting because again, I I almost think it has some. So I mean, it, it almost I don't want to say eerie. That's not the right word, but it, it's still it's 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 somewhat powerful and a little bit unsettling in terms of you know how you how you're running a business and what how does that benefit again the people around you now that can be for good or for ill that's right. how i take that quote that might sound crazy but, no um you know and, and just you know whether the attitude is going to be hard-nosed or whether it is going to be a more peace benevolence and um this obviously uh i think concentrates on the latter but yeah it's i think that's that's a quote from the book to me that really makes you think a lot right and 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 i don't think there has to be a difference between profit and 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 achieving some of those things that i think he was talked about too right you know and and i think that that's some of it i mean the reason why i love that quote is so much is is that you know there's such a difference between time when the book was written but this is like yeah. you know really almost like a pre-socialist pre-neo philosophy um uh, you know that is one way of looking at it yes you know i mean yeah. i mean i don't want to say that that's what he was talking about necessarily because you know obviously that was before most of those things really you know right you know way took off and i think we know that dickens was somewhat influenced by the thinkers of those days and, yeah. and, and that's not, not really what we're getting to happening in, in great britain at the time so. right um so but you know at the same time i think um you know looking at other things i think is more important and in, in what your community is and that's that's you know why why i think it, it it kind of you know plays at home um is what you end up having and i think mankind also means your own family and we know of how many people get absorbed i think in in their business life and then they realize what what they haven't had and i think it was the same thing with scrooge he he never yeah. took that time to have his family life and it was one of the things that that I think held Cratchit back in his mind, um, because he wanted to get home. You know, he wasn't willing to spend those twenty hours sitting there. Uh, he wanted to, you know, maybe only work an eighteen-hour day so he could get home to his kids, at least for a couple hours. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's why I kind of like that one. I think it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit, and it also makes me think of. Uh, you know, if you really wanted to do a remake today, maybe you would have you know Michael Douglas in his Gordon Gecko state play uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> Wall Street Christmas. <laughs> you know, I mean, that speaks directly. I, I, I think to the. I paid money to see that. You I know, paid money to watch Michael Douglas do that. You know, I think it's you know speaks directly to that whole greed is good era, and you know a lot of the stuff that kind of came out of, you know, the uh, you know post Ronald Reagan era. I think. Um, yeah. You know, it kind of it, it, it kind of speaks to that business is not the pinnacle. There's there's also more to it, um, not to devalue anything either, because you know we live in a system that can't be changed overnight. But um, I think you know it's it's just where you put your your importance. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on my favorite quote, so I am going to read your next one, and I Please will try do. to you know I'm not doing Marley, so maybe I won't do this one so good. I should have saved the other one for the. And anyway, Scrooge went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted the children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. 
No, that's now a, bes- such a beautiful passage. Yeah, and besides him favorites. looking a little bit like a neo stalker or a voyeur because he's looking. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's looking into people's houses. And, no, um, please, Karen, I didn't want to destroy it for you. Please. Well, no, no, you, I, I, I get the, I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the humor, the snarkiness. Well, again, you've seen a man who, as we know in the story, he's been visited by the three ghosts. He realizes that he's got to change. The way he's living his life is no good. It's hurt people. It's hurt him. And, you know, he's reborn. I mean, there's the religious allegories here are even stronger than you'd imagine. Now he's reborn. And he's realized what really matters in his life. He has the wealth. He has the ability. He can open his heart. He can change. And as we know, he comes over to the Cratchit house at the end and has a nice Christmas feet. And Tiny Tim's doing well. And, um... You know, it's just such a beautiful ending. Um, and that's what that passage means to me. Again, it's, it's someone who just had a bad attitude, has gotten an adjustment, and here he's on the right path. I, and I, I think, again, that's a lesson for any of us. Yeah, and to, to, to also to enjoy, you know, the little things in life exactly. and, and appreciate them, no matter how difficult life can get. Uh, again, to go back to the political, we're looking at, you know, kind of a unknown future with Trump in office next year and a lot of, you know, unhappiness. And uh, I'm so I just, you know, so I think it's important for every person, no matter where they are politically, to just try to remember that being nice doesn't hurt. It's not going to hurt you. You might learn something, no matter where you sit on the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. And important for a lesson for me to learn personally and, you know, a whole lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, I... I think it was great you made that last point. I, you know, I think the same way about that, especially that quote. It's, you know, the stop and smell the roses uh, kind of quote. Right. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's, 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 there is beauty all around us. And, you know, if, if yes, you're, there is. if you're, if you're, I, if, if you're so focused on the negative, you're never going to see the positive. And absolutely. The other week, my weekend, my husband and I drove uh, to the Angeles National Forest here in California. And we stopped at a particularly gorgeous canyon view. In fact, I posted it on my Facebook page, if you want to see it. Yeah. San Gabriel Canyon. And it was just, there was so much fog in the air, you know, rafting around these mountains. It was, it was just stunning. And, you know, you look at that and you realize, yeah, yeah what really matters? And it's moments like that. It, it was, um, it was a, a pretty good one. For me personally, I, my husband too, and our dog seemed eager to start just running down the cliff into the mountain, <laughs> which we did not let her do. Um, yeah, so dogs. Little, dogs uh, not so my much. Touchy feely moment. You know, dogs not so much. They're not the stop and smell the roses kinds. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, Karen, so, you know, I yeah. I had fun with the podcast today. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, stop and smell really these roses. Uh, great to be with I, you. I am too. Great to be with you. Great to be with our listeners. I hope every one of them, whatever they may be celebrating, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or Saturnalia, or just winter solstice, I wish them a wonderful holiday and a a very good 2017. And may sanity and peace prevail, uh, not only for our nation, but for our world. Yeah, and hugs to everybody, I think, you know. Uh, Yes. I mean that's the best thing about the holiday. You got an excuse to hug people. I think you know it's a uh... never a bad thing for any person. <laughs> I think. 
Anyway, uh, Karen, thanks a lot again, and thanks for everybody. Thank you. A great to gr- Merry Christmas. A great 2016. I want to say the same thing that Karen did. So, thanks again. We'll see you one more time Thank before you. 2017. Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas. Happy <laughs> Christmas.